Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today we are going to do a little fun twist on 75 hard. I'm going to turn it into 75 soft. All right. So if you are new to the podcast, I am Andrea. I'm an Ayurvedic wellness counselor, 500 hour yoga teacher, Ayurvedic postpartum doula. So my kind of mission is to really help um, women who are in perimenopause uh, help alleviate pain and issues with the menstrual cycle, PMS, all the things that we are considered normal and, um, you know, kind of flipping those on our head and entering menopause with no issues. Um, and then the other kind of side of myself and what I'm interested in is really seasonal and cyclical living. And so those are kind of a couple of the pillars um, that I like to work on. And so I have a seasonal wellness program called the seasonal living collective, where we deep dive into Ayurveda and cyclical living. So this topic today is a little bit of a branch, I guess, between both. So 75 hard, if you are brand new to it and you're not sure what that means, let's dive into that first. So I was first introduced to 75 hard at a business retreat a few years ago. One of my mentors was just chatting with us at a break and she had just asked me and a couple other gals, Hey, have you ever heard of 75 hard? Are you doing it? Cause they were researching it for it, it for a podcast episode. And, um, I said at first she was describing it and I was like, Oh yeah, I already kind of do all of those things. And then she got to the rest of it and I'm like, Oh, never mind, I'm out. But I really do like a lot of the bones of 75 hard. I just think it's a little on the harsh side. I think it's a little too restrictive. It can come off as more of a diet, more of a plan. And there is just so much rigidity in it that it doesn't have that flexibility for a women's hormones to be um, taken into account. It doesn't have the flexibility to in- embrace that cyclical living. And so two of the things I stand for. So when at first I said, yeah, I'm all in, she, she was like, oh, really? And then she got to the rest of it. And I said, oh, never mind. That's not what I do. And she said, she, it seemed like 75 hard was not very on brand for me, which is very much it's not. Um, so I was like, but I do like the bones of it. Let's let's rework it. So first, if you're like, what is 75 hard? I want to know what this is. I won't say it's like a diet. I'm, I was kind of looking into who created this. And I it's a, a male who I think has kind of a training background and just did this for clients. And I, again, I really do like the intention of it. I just think it's too um, intense. So 75 hard for 75 days, you do the following. Now, caveat, if you miss one day, you start back at day one. So let's say you've done this for 68 days in a row. Well, on day 69, maybe you're sick. You'll go back to day one the next day. So instead of being on day 69, you are back to day one. So that's where I think it loses it for me. Just that intense, you know, Hey, we have to push through no matter what. First you stick to a diet of your choice. So whether it be Mediterranean, whole 30, paleo, keto, um, whatever you choose. And then also there is no alcohol with this 75 hard plan and no cheat meals. So for me, I'm not a big fan of cheat meals anyway. I just think that you should be eating in a way that you can sustain for your life, not, not having a cheat meal because that just, that perpetuates diet culture. So that's my, my thing there. 
Now, on top of that, you're going to drink a gallon of water daily. You're going to get two 45-minute workouts in a day. One has to be outside. You're going to read 10 pages of a nonfiction book daily. And then you're going to take progress photos. So whether those be daily, whether those be at the beginning and end, um, I didn't research, I guess, <laughs> to tell you if, what it is. Um, but that is the intentions of 75 Heart. So your next question might be, but does it work? My answer, sure. I mean, it does. Any diet or program like this would work. But is it sustainable is my question back. You know, several of the aspects of 75 hard, again, are right up my alley. They're things that I kind of already do. But I don't like how um, you have to start over or, hey, let's say you're on day one of your menstrual cycle and you want a rest. Two workouts a day is not going to feel great. Um, you might need more iron and you might need a different um, meals on day one because you might be feeling like, yeah, I'm bleeding a lot. I need a little bit more meat. And it might not be the diet that you chose might not have meat, whether, um, you know, maybe you chose vegetarian or a vegan diet. So let's turn it into an Ayurvedic approach into a 75 soft, you know, it's got the little twist to it. So first for 75 days, you follow an Ayurvedic diet for the season. What does that mean? If it's winter, you're going to eat warm, wet grounding foods at every meal at approximately the same time each day. Now, because I'm on the podcast, I can go a little bit more in depth. You know, when I wrote this, I originally wrote this as a social media post and it actually, it had really good traction. And nowadays, um, social media is not getting a ton of traction. And so anything that you're like, oh, people really enjoyed this. I thought, let's flesh this out a little bit more and put it on the podcast. So with an Ayurvedic diet, that does not mean um, diet in the tradition of like paleo, keto. I can only follow this for so long. If you are a vegan, this is one where you would stick with vegan. If you are not, if you eat meat, you can still continue to eat meat. In Ayurveda, meat would be eaten during the lunchtime you would have an early lighter dinner. So your goal might be, hey, I'm going to be done eating by 6 p.m. Um, I'm going to not eat with my phone. I'm going to eat without distractions. I'm going to chew my food 30 times. Um, I, during the spring season, I might be having a little less of the, the heavy, um, wet, moisture-ridden foods because that can increase kapha. Instead, I might have a little bit more bitter greens. I might reduce my sugar and flour intake. So again, this can be twisted into many different ways. So whether you follow the complete, all of the Ayurvedic protocols or whether one of them sticks out to you. So usually I like to start people with early lighter dinners. Um, lunch is your biggest meal. Those are kind of my go-to practices that a lot of people feel results from. And by feel results from, I mean, improve their digestion because in Ayurveda, that is king. Digestion is king. So what you're eating, if you can't digest it, it's not good for you. So by switching your meal a little earlier, usually it helps people kind of sleep better because they're not digesting their food so close to bed. So I would say if you're going to start an Ayurvedic way or an Ayurvedic diet for the season, that may be something that you look into. Next practice. Have a 30-minute morning routine. Here are options. It could consist of meditation, pranayama, yoga asana, and you can vary those amounts at each level based on your ability. So let's say, you know, a 30-minute morning routine. 
day one of your menstrual cycle, Hey, let's just meditate. Let's just sit down and meditate. Um, and then maybe for like your yoga asana, you just hold a child's pose for just a couple minutes. And so mostly you're meditating, um, because this is a great time again, when you're bleeding to go inwards. So those quiet practices are great. And then let's say your ovulation or follicular phase, you're feeling really good. You could have a lot more yoga asana at that time, and then have a little bit less of the meditation and pranayama. So having that flexibility, I think is really key for anyone who has a cycle, just because you're going to have energy that fluctuates throughout the month and you shouldn't be doing the same thing. Next, get outside daily for a walk anywhere from five to 60 minutes, depending on your energy and weather. So instead of doing the two workouts, just go outside for a walk because nature is something that Ayurveda loves. And so it's calming for all three doshas. Now, depending on the weather, you just dress appropriately for it. If it's pouring rain and it's just draining all day, you might not go outside that day. You might just walk around your house for five minutes. Um, maybe you do some sun salutes instead. Like this is something where, again, you have like, here's what I, I wrote, but have that flexibility. Don't be so rigid in, oh my gosh, it's storming out. It's a thunderstorm all day long. I'm going to go outside just to get in my five minutes. No, of course not. Like, let's not be martyrs about this. You know, this is why it's soft. It's supposed to have some softness to it. It's supposed to evolve and change um, based on situations. Now, as far as the other workout, I did not put another workout in here. And so I didn't do that on purpose because I really am a fan just because I have a personal training background as well. I'm a fan of you just kind of doing what feels best. Um, Some people, this is going to be enough of a workout. If you're doing your yoga asana in the morning and going for an hour long walk a day, that is great. Some people like to strength train. I don't think you should be doing strength training every day. Um, it's just going to break down the muscles too much for the average person. Um, if you play a sport, you know, I'm not going to say you should play a sport every single day. You need a little rest, like every single day of a workout. It's really hard on the body. And in Ayurveda, that's really hard for the Vata dosha. It's hard on the joints. So no, I wouldn't recommend doing it every day. I think that you can work out, but it's not going to be part of the 75 soft approach. It's going to be added in when you feel like it should be added in. Now, another pillar, get to bed by 10 PM and wake up around six. So in Ayurveda, those are the ideal times. So you're in bed by 10 because after 10, the pit hours kick in and we get that second wind and we have trouble going to sleep. And if we get up around six, the sun is rising and then we can kind of wake up and do our morning routine and slough off some of that kapha dosha. Again, depending on what stage of life you're in, this might be challenging. So if you're in a stage where you have a little, little kiddo, who's not sleeping through the night, this, this is going to be adaptable. So again, make this your own and be, um, you know, be a thinker for yourself, I guess, be an advocate for your own wellness. You know, how can you tweak this to make it your own next read a yoga sutra nightly and contemplate its meaning. So instead of maybe reading those 10 pages of nonfiction, you pick the yoga sutra, you pick, um, you know, let's say you are, maybe you have another practice. Let's say you are a Reiki professional. Maybe you have a nonfiction Reiki book that you want to read. Um, let's say you are an Ayurvedic teacher and you haven't read some of the ancient Ayurvedic texts. Maybe you do that. You open up your, your textbooks there and, um, read a passage, you know, make it whatever nonfiction book you want but it doesn't have to be a certain, you know, number of pages, just read until you can like 
process what you're reading. Because I think sometimes if we, we read 20 pages of a nonfiction book, but we haven't paused to actually insert our own opinions or to contemplate it, we're losing that aspect of embodying these practices. So there's, um, Indu Aurora has some great books that I like to just read through some of hers. And again, I could read maybe a couple passages because some of them are really, I, I know, and I embody while others, you know, other nights I might just sit and read through the same thing over and over and kind of figure out how this works for me. And then next, instead of doing maybe those um, progress photos, you do progress journaling. So on day one, you, you know, start writing what's coming up. How do you feel? And then maybe you do it nightly, maybe not. Again, there's flexibility there. And then just see throughout the 75 days at the end, you know, another journal practice just to see how far you've come, what stuck out to you. Maybe there were practices that, you know, fell off on the 75 days. If you fall off on any one of these, it doesn't mean you start over at day one. You know, you just continue instead of having that like, oh, you know, day 16, I missed my yoga morning routine or my 30 minute morning routine because I overslept. Um, my kids weren't feeling good that night. So I was up all night and then I, you know, was just in mom mode all day. And so I missed it. Don't say, oh gosh, I got to start back over at day one the next day. No, you know, maybe you just fill in your morning routine later in your day. You know, maybe you take five minutes to do a breathwork practice. Maybe you take 10 minutes to meditate. And then maybe you just roll out your mat at the end of the day and just sit in a restorative pose and hold that for 20 minutes. You know, this is where the, I think the flexibility comes into play. And that, um, that's where the softness of this approach comes in. So that, that was kind of my um, rework of this. And I wish it was as easy as to say it's a one size fits all approach, but that's not Ayurveda. It's very individualized. This is what came up for me when I was kind of reading through this. And again, it's adaptable to your energy levels, to your seasons and to your menstrual cycle, if it's applicable. And if this is something that intrigues you or like, yeah, I want to go deeper with this. You know, that can be the weekly challenge this week is create your own 75 soft approach. If you're in, if you're kind of craving this and if you're like, oh, I, I don't know, I need that accountability. I don't want to do it alone. I'm going to be incorporating this into the next round of the seasonal living collective in the spring. I'm going to have us kind of create our own 75 soft plans. And we're going to incorporate those throughout our time together in the spring season. So I'm really excited to kind of introduce that and see, see how we all do. I'm going to personally do it as well. And so that spring season, we're going to start on March 19th. I am also excited. We are going to be adding um, an in-person retreat. So I have a retreat booked, just a one-day retreat in April. And so if you join the collective, you know, you are totally invited to come to this retreat. Um, it is, I'm just including it into the program. We are also going to be studying um, the chakras. And so that's going to be one of our focuses for our two-week series. We're going to embrace earth energy, which is kind of that kapha dosha. We are going to be doing a spring cleanse one of the weeks, and then we're going to be kind of wrapping up with a meditation and pranayam for the kapha dosha, as well as focusing on a goddess of our choice. And so we're going to be deep diving a little bit more uh, in this spring season, like just a little bit more self-study. It's going to be a more expansive season. Again, I kind of create this when I lean into the energies I'm feeling and I'm feeling like, yeah, I wanted to kind of take this round of the collective for more of your intermediate to maybe more advanced people 
in Ayurveda, in the yoga wellness space who want to go deeper with their own practices so they can kind of bring that to maybe their clients. And so that's my intention. We're still going to have our weekly yoga sessions. We're going to still have one-on-one coaching calls, and we're going to have our um, bi-weekly group coaching calls where we're going to be working on these energies that the, the four kind of pillars that I just shared. Um, so if that is something that's interesting to you, we have early bird pricing. So you can snag all of that and come to the in-person retreat um, for $399. That's or $397, sorry, $397 for um the seasonal living spring collective. Now, early bird pricing runs through February 29th, and then prices are going to increase by hundred dollars. And so I would definitely, if this is something that sounds interesting to you and you want to kind of deepen your own wellness practices, you want to deepen your own Ayurveda and yoga studies. um, This is, this is the, this is the time to do that. You know, I really want to take it deeper because I personally have been doing a ton of self-study and a ton of deepening my own wisdom. And I'm just hearing from people that they want to do that as well. And so I wanted to go a little, a little more in depth this next round. So check that out. It's on my website. It's on the homepage, Seasonal Living Collective. And you could see more about the upcoming in-person retreat as well. The retreat is also open to the public. So if you're like, Ooh, I don't know about the collective, but I do want to check out this one day retreat. There is information there. It's my spring renewal Ayurvedic retreat. And again, that will be in April. It's going to be April 13th. Um, and it's going to be local here in the twin cities. So it's going to be in Apple Valley at a, um, at a camp there. So All right. Any questions for me, send me a DM. I'm looking forward to connecting. um, But otherwise, I would love to hear from you. If you try the 75 soft approach, let me know how it goes. And I will be um, out and about over on the socials. And I will see you next week with another podcast interview. And everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power.